It's probably going to remove potentially the shine of some people in your life. And if you have painted a positive picture of somebody to keep them in your life, your awareness is going to allow you to see whether or not you've painted that picture or whether or not that person has actually earned it. At 15, I would have to be very careful in finding the sweet spot of the level of truth that I could emotionally handle. And I think that awareness increasing too quickly can actually cause trauma and low self-worth. Welcome to Next Level University. I am your host, Kevin Palmieri. And I am your host, Alan Lazarus. At Next Level University, we believe in a heart-driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement for entrepreneurs. We bring you seven episodes a week, six of which are solo episodes with Kevin and myself, and one world-class guest to help you level up your life, your love, your health, and your wealth. Self-improvement in your pocket every day from anywhere for free. Welcome to Next Level University. What is the difference between being self-aware and overthinking? Oh my goodness. Ooh. Mm, that's a good one. I would say overthinking is ruminating on something that is no longer productive. Self-awareness is constant contemplation for the greater good of one's own deeper understanding. And it's very difficult to know where that optimal stopping problem is. In other words, and for those of you who don't know an optimal stopping problem, it's it's everything's a drive to five. It's Goldilocks, right? Is this porridge is this porridge too hot or too cold? Is this bed too big or too small? That kind of thing. Everything is the finding the optimal point between too much or too little. Too much hard work, you're gonna burn down, too little hard work, you're not gonna be productive, right? And everyone it all is contextual. So to answer the original question, you need to know when it's becoming ineffective and if you're just ruminating on things that ruminating by the way means overly focusing on something so if you're just overly focusing on what you said last week that you were embarrassed about it's not really super productive but if you're thinking about something you said last week that was outside of alignment that you want to try to make sure you're more in alignment next time, I think that's a productive use of your self-awareness. So it really depends on, and you kind of know, you can tell, is this productive? Is this effective? One of the questions that I'm asking myself all the time for self-awareness purposes is, what is the most effective decision I can make right now? Like, uh, for example, if I want to add as much value on this podcast as possible, my frame is, okay, what's the most effective thing that I can say that's going to really land for someone to where they might actually change their life in a positive way? And that's a constant dance to try to get there. So um, that's my answer. I'm, I'm trying to use an analogy. I'm trying to think of an analogy. And I think of something along the lines of this. Will it land? I don't know. But these are the risks that you take when you come with analogies. I think of it as discovering something versus digging something up to the point where you destroy it. Don't, I'm thinking when I think of that, I'm thinking of a fossil. If we are trying to become self-aware and we're leaning into self-awareness, we might say, oh, I think there's a fossil here. Let me dig for it. But if we're overthinking and ruminating to Alan's point, you might keep digging and you might wreck the thing that you're searching for. So I think to Alan's point, ultimately, when it stops becoming productive and you stop learning about yourself, if the ultimate goal is learning about you, 
then just make sure you're pulling the string of self-awareness and not beating yourself up or not saying, well, what if I did this differently? What if I did this differently? Ultimately, your goal is to leave with a new lesson, not necessarily more pain for yourself. So that's, I would say at a deep level, you probably know when you're doing it, but think of it more as discovering instead of, you know, overturning the butter in this analogy. Butter. I like butter. <laughs> Alan spoke about the importance of having both self-belief and self-worth. What's an attainable way to have both and how is it measured? Uh, the attainable way to have both is to set and keep uh, set goals that are within your current skill set and capabilities, but a little bit beyond. Uh, and I'll give an analogy as well, or an example, I should say. Brand new tennis player, do not play against Serena Williams. You're going to crush your self-worth and self-belief. If you're a brand new tennis player and you play against another beginner and you never actually play someone better than you, you're not going to get that much better and you're going to hurt your um, long-term growth. So the the way to do it is to make sure that they they grow incrementally. And and I'll share this I'll share with everyone right now what I shared with an NLU team member recently. I said you have to be careful. You have very high self-belief compared to those around you from my perspective. And you have to be careful. Number 1, there's going to be a lot of people around you who can't really put wind in your sails and aren't going to be able to lift you up a ton cuz you're already a huge mirror for them. So you're going to have to give yourself the credit for the things that you do. But you can't give yourself the credit so much that it gets rid of the fire inside to keep climbing. So you need to give yourself enough credit to where you understand and believe in yourself and know your worth. But you can't give yourself so much credit to where you're like, honestly, I'm good here. Because that's the way... That's the way to incrementally build self-belief and self-worth. I think self-belief is built by stay and prove. I'm going to go to the gym tonight and then prove to yourself that you go to the gym no matter how hard it is. I think self-worth is built by keeping the promises you make to yourself. The small daily promises you make to yourself, which is similar to what I said. I'm, I promise I'm going to go to the gym tonight. Now I go to the gym. Uh, self-belief and self-worth are both built through being able to consistently and sustainably trust yourself. But I'll give a tiny example of crushing your own self-belief. When you set a goal to do a marathon in three days when you've never trained before, and you do make it past the finish line, I did this, but it, you weren't able to jog the whole thing. You end up letting yourself down because you said that you could do it and then you didn't do it. And I would say that I took a self-worth hit there. And so you have to be very careful with how reckless you are with the goals you set because a lot of times you're going to try things and fail and you can't always fail, but you can't always succeed either. You have to find the sweet spot between success and failure to where you're having enough failure that you stay humble, but you're having enough success that you don't lose momentum. I think a good way to look at it, and Alan alluded to this, and it, it's not like this across the board from my experience most likely, but I think of self-worth is usually built behind the scenes when nobody is watching and it's usually you having an agreement with yourself. And I think self-belief is you out in the world proving to yourself that things that you didn't believe were possible are more possible than you realize. That's really, from my perspective, us showing up here. I mean, think of this. 
us showing up here, my Wi-Fi jeffing, and Alan and I have done this a hundred and however many times, that will help my self-belief of, well, if worst case scenario, I'm on stage and the microphone goes off, I'll be okay. Like, I'll be able to deal with that. It's not a big deal. The deep conversations Alan and I had before we came here today about our past and about our traumas and about understanding ourselves at a deeper level, that will help my self-worth. So I think that's a good a good frame for me is usually your belief is out in real real land, the real world, and your self-worth is behind the scenes when you're thinking of who am I and am I valuable. Belief is am I capable of, self-worth is do I deserve. And I think those are, that's a good frame to look at it from. Well said also, at the end there. Also, churning butter, still churning butter. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome. Can an improved self-awareness backfire into a negative self-worth? Oh my goodness. Deep philosophical questions. Uh, yes. Um, can an improved self-awareness create backfire and create low self-worth is the question. Yes. Um, I have been guilty of this. I ha- I often say that you can't teach integral calculus to someone who's still in pre-algebra. If I was 15 years old and I was coaching me at 15, I would have to be very careful in finding the sweet spot of the level of truth that I could emotionally handle. And I think that awareness increasing too quickly can actually cause trauma and low self-worth. And I actually recently partnered with a therapist. Uh, Bianca and I are partners now. So she does cognitive behavioral therapy and she does CBT coaching alongside many of my next level business solutions coaching. And the reason why is because I was finding it difficult to help people achieve success at a higher level without them also having little t trauma along the way. Because think about it like, and I use this analogy all the time, if you put too much weight on the bar in the gym, you're going to get injured. If you put too little weight on the bar in the gym, you're not going to grow your muscles. You're not going to grow in strength. And so strength, in my opinion, is time under tension plus the weight of the load plus rest and recovery. And I think that I've been guilty, and I'll talk to Kevin's journey a little bit, Early in our journey, someone came to Kevin and said, I don't understand. You're on a podcast. Doesn't Alan have like a master's degree? Isn't he like a genius? Or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I don't know if that's exactly what it was. And and like, how does that work? I don't understand. First of all, Kevin and I both adored deep conversations. And that's where this was born out of. And we both had very similar upbringings in terms of not having fathers and stuff like that. But I do think that early on, I was probably a little bit too much truth and just kind of telling him the hardest truths all at once, like repeatedly uh, for the first couple of years. And I, I honestly think that that might've created some trauma. And if I could go back in time, I would have recommended that he work with a therapist along the way. Uh, and we, you know, Kev, you can speak to this better than I can, but yes, you, you can absolutely crush your self-worth if you're not careful with the level of awareness, self-awareness in particular that you, that you get. What is up, you guys? My name is Gabby, and I just want to give a huge shout out to Kevin and Alan for the community that they have created and the mission that they are on over at Next Level University. 
Never in a million years did I think when I started listening to the Hyperconscious podcast two years ago that I would be as invested as I am today. But here we are two years later, I have done group coaching. I truly look forward to every single episode they drop, all of the things that they're teaching. And I am now doing one-on-one coaching with Alan to help level up in my business. And all I gotta say about these guys across the board is they are true, genuine souls. They mean it when they say they are heart-driven and they mean it when they say they are no BS. And I think that's probably my favorite part about them. They get rid of the fluff. They give you tactical tips and tricks to help you level up in your life, to help you make strides towards your goals. And they've created a community of like-minded people to lean on each other at every single stage of life. So guys, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the impact that you have made in my life. And I am so very excited to see the impact and the waves that you make from here on out. Yeah, I, I think it definitely can because when you when you become when you become more self-aware, you're going to understand yourself at a deeper level. So you might become self-aware and realize, oh, I have low self-worth. I didn't even realize I had low self-worth. So not only can it I don't want to say backfire. It can re- it'll, it's going to reveal things about you that you might not know and you might not quote unquote be ready for yet. So yeah, I think it definitely can. And the, this is the other thing too, especially if you have low self-belief. That's where things that's where things are going to get a little bit weird or if you have very high self-belief it can manifest that way too. So to to Alan's point, I think one of the most important parts of the journey is making sure you're doing it in your own sustainable way and making sure you have people around you who you can bounce ideas off of. I when to Alan's again to Alan's point, I had already gone to therapy before I started this journey. So I understood certain pieces of my past and traumas I had at a deeper level than most which helped me become more self-aware, which helped me understand the through line of my life. So when I did get difficult truths, when I did get new awareness, it didn't necessarily lower my self-worth. I think I had pretty self-worth from the beginning anyway. So I don't know that there was a lot of room to go below where I was, unfortunately. Um, But I can speak to the importance of making sure you have people around you to lean on for that. So if you do feel like, you know what, I kind of have a checkered past. I have a lot of trauma in my past. I'm really afraid that if I have a new level of self-awareness, it's going to hurt my self-worth even worse. I would probably explore that with a professional because I think that would probably help you at a a pretty deep level, just Alan's point. Well said. As we build higher and higher self-awareness, what kind of ripple effect do we see happen into our environment, like our relationships? Yeah, good. I I was going to say you you most likely will not be able to look at the people in your life the same in multiple ways. One, you most likely will be able to have empathy to understand why people have acted a certain way. Number two, you're also not going to understand at a deep level why certain people acted a certain way because you're going to say, well, I have such a an awareness that I would never let that happen. But on the other end, you also have the awareness where you can recognize why people have made or not made certain decisions in their life. So when we talk about awareness, oftentimes we're talking about when we look in the in the mirror of ourselves, something that, and Alan, I think you and I could probably do a better job of this. When you become aware of yourself, you also start to see everything differently. And that can be a very painful thing. So I would say it's probably going to remove potentially the shine of some people 
in your life. And if you have painted a positive picture of somebody to keep them in your life, your awareness is going to allow you to see whether or not you've painted that picture or whether or not that person has actually earned it. So that's where another potential uh, perceived negative can come with awareness. You probably will not look at people the same. It'll be positive, but there'll also be negatives there too. Uh, similar to Kevin's answer, when you look at yourself differently, you're now going to look at everything has to shift. Everything else has to shift in accordance to that. So for example, if you realize, ah, I'm actually really shy. And then you become aware of that. And then you're like, okay, well, I don't want to be shy anymore. So I'm going to like be more outgoing now. Now, immediately, every interaction, you're going to start noticing people that are outgoing. You're going to start noticing other people that are shy. And you're going to start noticing opportunities to be more outgoing. So everything in your world shifts. So it can be very difficult when you have too much awareness too quickly because you can get overwhelmed easily. It's like having a to-do list that's 100 items long and you only have you feel like you only have one day to do it. It's It can be like, ah, screw it, I'm just going to go on Facebook. It's kind of like that, but for life. And um, the reason we did this episode is we try to help everyone get to five. What we mean by that is, is a simple concept. The long-term listeners of this show will be sick of hearing it. Um, but it's it's everything in my opinion zero is you have too little self-confidence or too little self-worth 10 is you have too much self-confidence too much self-worth so me saying i'm going to do a marathon in three days and i'm going to be able to jog the whole thing i only was able to jog technically three quarters of it not even was overconfident so i was above five okay so then i went and took action and i got level set i got humbled and I got back to probably below five, quite frankly, at least for a day. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, so um, you're either too much or too little at all times. Tens are too much, too much confidence, too much self-belief, too much self-worth. Like if you think you're worth $5,000 an hour and you've never coached before, you, you've got to take a hike straight up. Like it's ridiculous. And some people are doing that, by the way. And then you've got people who like don't believe they could ever be a coach. That's not true either. Of course you could, right? Put in the reps, put in the work, get a coach on how to coach. Awesome. Totally doable. Build. So we always talk about the drive to five. So so to answer this question, same deal. You gotta figure out where you're you are from zero to ten. If you're at a four, build towards five. If you're at a six, build towards five. And remember, as you grow and evolve, you're gonna overswing the pendulum. And then you're going to have to swing it back and then swing it back. And no one stays at five forever because five is always contextual. In a room with Kev behind the scenes, I'm very confident, you know, in my speaking or whatever. But next to Brendan Burchard, I've been there. I'm not that confident because he's world-class. He's way better than we are, at least currently. Speak for yourself. And it's, yeah. world-class son. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm, I'm <laughs> just <laughs> But like, that's my point. It's all contextual, right? So you got to understand, not only do you have to be self-aware enough to know where you are on the spectrum, you have to be self-aware enough to know where you are on the spectrum in every context, which is a whole nother episode in and of itself. It gets deep. You ask yourself why, you ask yourself, what does this mean? You ask yourself, 
you know, uh, what would happen if, like, there's a lot of ways you can go, but I can say this, this entire journey, and there's a reason I believe we did, are you asking yourself the difficult questions for episode number 1000? This all started as the hyperconscious podcast. Hyperconscious means acutely aware, uh, acutely aware, asking yourself why, asking yourself the difficult questions that will bring you difficult, but important answers. So, Becoming self-aware might be the best cheat code in the entire world. Next level nation. As you can see below, Brandon, if you're watching us, if not, I will tell you what it is. So you'll know we are giving away $100. So this is what we're going to do. Every single month, we are going to take all of the reviews that we get and we're going to choose one lucky winner and we will send them a $100 Amazon gift card. We did it for a few months and then we got super busy, super overwhelmed and we stopped doing it, but we are back to it. We don't, we're not even asking you for any money. We're going to give you money. So if you leave us a review, we'll enter you into this drawing. And at the end of the month, we'll pick a winner, send it to your email, and that's it. Boom. Just speak from the heart, uh, please, and thank you. Also, for those of you who don't know, speaking of free, no, no, no. Uh, on the website, we have a free course. It's called The Next Level 5 to Thrive. If you are new to dream chasing, if you're a new listener and you're new to this whole idea, we have a five-module course. There's worksheets. Remember, listening to a podcast passively is definitely going to help you 100%. 1% improvement per day, NLU in your pocket, holistic self-improvement every day from anywhere on the planet completely free. Yes. There's something different about a course. There's something different about sitting down with a worksheet and doing your core values, doing clarity work. And so the five C's are clarity, commitment, confidence, community, and consistency. I think consistency is the most important because when you're consistent, you get all the other ones. Although one could argue without clarity, can you be consistent? But anyways, the course is on the website. It's called The Next Level 5 to Thrive. If you're looking to really jumpstart your future success now, that's the course. Next Level Nation, as always, we love you. We appreciate you. Grateful for each and every one of you. And at NLU, we do not have fans. We have family. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Please reach out. Later, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level University. We love connecting with the Next Level family, so make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NeverQuitKid, and Alan is at ALazarus88. Also, if you found value in this episode, leave us a review using the link in the show notes, and please share this with someone who's ready to get to the next level. We will talk to you tomorrow.